0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years.
0: Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48 yard line, second down 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski inside the 20 to the 15
2: 10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4 yard line. Holy <laughs> Gronka,
0: Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. hot ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. Ed Perriman. Bashaun Perriman. Touchdown to Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All-fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You
2: ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Cannon Fire them. Keep on firing Keep on firing
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today, I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish of BucksNation.com. Joining us today, very special guest, friend of the pod, man. It's our buddy Mean Gene from Buck. What you heard? How we doing, fellas? It is WrestleMania week. Gene rocking the Austin three sixteen. Pleasure to have you back on the pod, my man.
0: Man, hey. I am. I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, I love the show, man. I love what you guys are doing. Um, keeping the keeping the Bucks community together, man. And that's that's kind of what it's all about.
1: Oh yeah, and we have got some big news to talk about today, as you guys have heard. Not quite an emergency podcast. I think something that was definitely worthy of an emergency podcast, but it may have taken us a couple of hours to get around to it. Uh, But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their head coach, Bruce Arians, after three seasons as Tampa Bay's head coach, five playoff wins in Tampa Bay, and a Super Bowl title, of course. Let's not forget 31-9 over the Kansas City Chiefs. No risk it, no biscuit himself. Mr. Bruce Arians has announced his retirement from coaching. In the NFL. Now, what's interesting about this is that we put retirement, and then I guess you have to put a little asterisk next to the retirement because as far as the twenty twenty two season goes, Bruce Arians is still active inside Advent Health Training Center every single week. He is transitioning to a front office role. I believe there is a title for it that I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's like the senior consultant of football operations, something along those lines, right, Evan? Something very right. official.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Correct. That's the kind of the the title, which you know. It, it, he even said it himself. He doesn't even know what it means yet. So, <laughs> but and, um, what,
0: what's what's interesting? Uh, before Bruce Arians got here, a lot of Bucks fans were wanting that vice president or that mm-hmm. between between the general manager and the head coach, and I think that's kind of what you have right now with Bruce Arians, I'm, I'm just guessing here. I'm just, and, and again, we, we don't know what it is. I'm just speculating here and you have a lot of uh, conspiracy theories right now. And I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, in, in my opinion, based on what, uh, what you guys are talking about here, that's kind of what I'm seeing is that, that go between, hmm. between the head coach and the uh, general manager. Yeah.
1: Bruce Arians finishes his Buccaneers career with a 31 and 18 record as our head coach. .633 winning percentage. That is the best in team history. Now, I hate to say the numbers are a little skewed because we're looking at 3 seasons, but th- I mean that obviously translate to the success that this guy was able to have. 5 playoff wins, all of them with Tom Brady, doesn't matter, man. No risk, it, no biscuit. They were able to get it done. Super Bowl 55 championship, and as we mentioned at the top of the show, 5 playoff wins for BA before he got here, the team had 6 overall in our 40 uh, some year history. So, Safe to say the Bruce Arians era is going to continue with new head coach Todd Bowles, which we'll talk about in a minute. But at this point, man, I know it wasn't expected because when the news hit, I looked down at my phone. I was actually driving. I wasn't going to be home for the next couple of hours. So one, I was frustrated that we couldn't do a podcast. But two, the timing felt a little bit weird. You know, and Gene, I wanted to get your thoughts on this here in a second, but like You know, a lot of people are looking at this, especially a lot of people from the outside looking in, but Tom Brady just agreed to unretire, and you thought you had lost the GOAT, and, you know, in the 40 days that Tom Brady's retired, we're kind of all under the assumption that Bruce Arians is here no matter what. Tom Brady comes back out of retirement, the Buccaneers are able to bring in all of these big-name free agents, sign a couple of favorable deals, everything is rolling in the right direction, and then B.A. makes his exit. I I mean the first ever head coach in Tampa Bay Buccaneers team history, who was able to leave on his own terms. So not only was he able to write his own ending, but he's able to leave Todd Bowles one hell of a football team. But again, the timing does seem a little bit weird. So like, what were your initial thoughts to, to be a hanging up
0: the, uh, hanging up the headset? Uh, we're, we're talking about me, right? Okay. Okay. No, um, I'm, I'm good with it. I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, nobody, and and this is something I, this is my philosophy. Nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors. Always say that always say that because uh, if you look at where we were after Tom Brady retired and we didn't know what deals were being worked on, we didn't know what free agents were going to be signed. You had a lot of people that were speculating out here, But again, nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors. This may have been something that was in his mind to do, uh, you know, prior to Tom Brady retiring or or whatever. We don't know. And I don't think we ever will know. So that's kind of the mindset that I have. And on top of that, I want to I want to kind of hopefully I'm going on a tangent too long. But the way I see this, there's nothing we can do about it, regardless of whether he Tom Brady, because we hear these rumors that Tom Brady pushed him out. And, you know, or something happened, it doesn't matter. You know, this is what happened. And I'm personally, I'm very happy with where the Bucks are, who the Bucs have as a head coach, who they have as an offensive coordinator, who they have as a quarterback. I'm good with where they are because I think this puts them still in a position to win games and potentially uh, play for a Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm good with this. So when I heard the news, I was pleasantly, I want to say pleasantly surprised. Uh, I was more e- excited for what could potentially happen. And I, I think that's where I was. It wasn't like 20, 2012, 2011, when you bring in Greg Ciano, uh because uh, the chip ship sailed and he went back to the college ranks. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like any of the other coaching changes that we've seen. It's basically you have a stacked squad. And I'm going to say stacked. A lot of people may disagree with me. You've got a stacked squad and you're bringing in a head coach who we don't know what he would have done with a stacked squad. And we're getting ready to find out what he could do. And I believe that Todd Bowles is the right guy for the job. I've wanted him to be the guy if Bruce retired and, and here we are. So let's go and let's, let's see what they do.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, well, when I when I got the news, I uh, just I was watching a TV show and I was in the middle of uh, my f- fancy baseball draft. So, talk about kind of kind of hectic uh, situation there. Um, but um, you know, it wasn't. It was a surprise. It it happened when it did to me. But just like Gene said, and, and I think Rhett alludes to as well it seemed like this day was always going to happen eventually. Like we knew that Bruce Arians wasn't going to coach for another, you know, three, four years. Like we knew that. Um, it's not like, you know, he had, Oh, you know, I'm going to be coaching for this. Like we knew that this upcoming season or next season was likely the end. Um, there was some talk that maybe even this season would have been the end. Um, but, you know, for it to, to happen at this point in the offseason, that was the surprise to me that it happened this late um, after Brady had unretired. And it, you know, when Arians was talking, like it didn't sound like a guy who was planning to to step down. Obviously, things can change. And just like Gene said, I'm a big proponent of that, too. Like, you don't know what happens. Like, there's a lot of things just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not happening. Um And I mean, and there's also some stuff where if you do hear about it, that doesn't mean it's happening either. Like it's not a definite that it's happening um, as we've, we've seen plenty of times uh, on social media, but um, you know, it's, it's good for good for Bruce Arians. You know, he gets to go out on his terms. He's not fired. Um, You know, he, he gets to go out how he wanted to. And at the end of the day, he's helping his his friend. And if Bruce Arians and a lot of people may you know, scoff at that, oh, you know, hire the best coach, not just your friend. If Bruce Arians didn't think Todd Bowles was qualified to be a head coach, Bruce Arians wouldn't even have had him on his staff. He wouldn't have put that much trust in Todd Bowles to run the entire defense. Todd Bowles was the defensive guy. Bruce Arians had really nothing to do with that. Um, He wouldn't have had that trust in Todd Bowles. And clearly he thinks both Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich are head coach material. But it just it, it was Todd Bowles' time to get another shot, and honestly, I'm I'm glad he he has, um his his quarterback his first season, and I'll, I'll finish this up, uh, you know, before I toss it back to Rep. But his first season in New York was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they went ten and six. They took a New York Jets team went ten and six.
1: Hey, bu- Buccaneers legend Ryan. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's, that's All right. right. Hey, hey, but, well, but we're
2: we... we're not done with the Buccaneers legends on yeah, this list. We are not. <laughs> his yeah. second season he had ryan fitzpatrick again that one didn't go so well five and 11 that i think that was the this off season though no, where fitzpatrick was like all that controversy, like he didn't want to play for them anymore um so that I was kind there were of a lot painful. of injuries
0: at that time too
2: yeah yeah that's
0: that um
2: yeah and then 2017 again five and 11 todd bulls quarterbacks right on the list on, on the, the roster on wikipedia the final roster there's two quarterbacks one is christian hackenberg the other <laughs> is bryce petty those are the, the two quarterbacks listed now i believe i think josh mccown was was on that team as well buccaneers um, legend josh another McCown. buccaneers legend josh mccown that's the, hey, then, that's the
1: that's the original big 12 Right. I mean, right. for the people who know before Brady, do you remember? <laughs> sorry, I know this is a little bit of an unnecessary sidebar here, but do you guys remember when uh, when when the Bucks first got Brady and everybody was making jersey swaps and they didn't know that the Bucks were getting new uniforms or I, I they guess they did and they Brady's were too lazy? Face on yeah, all body. you had to do was slap Tom Brady's <laughs> face on Josh McCown. That man was the foundation for so many of the early yep. TB12 jersey swaps. He is a Buccaneers franchise legend, two and 14 <laughs> forever in my heart. And then.
2: And then the 2018 uh, roster, which was Todd Bowles' final year, they went four and twelve. His three quarterbacks were Sam Darnold, who was a rookie, uh, Josh McCown, and Davis Webb. Well, now he gets Tom Brady, so um, I think it's a slight upgrade. So I'm excited to see what Todd Bowles does with this opportunity.
0: Just a little bit, just yeah. a little.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that you look at
1: is that, you know, Todd Bowles, obviously those teams, they were pitiful when he was in New York. He had a winning chance with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You go 10-6, and six, you barely miss the playoffs, and then it's all downhill from there. We know the rest, but what can this guy actually do with a roster? Bruce Arians is confident enough to leave the reins to him. We, we kind of knew that, you know, succession was a big deal to him, and actually looking at B.A.'s statement, People asked him, why do you not come back for another year? Tom Brady coming back out of retirement. This is a guy who was first in so many passing categories last season. Clearly, he's going to be able to run this offense even better than he has the last two years. So much consistency on this team. Keeping guys together has been the overall, I guess, tone of this mm-hmm. team the last three years. And we talk about 2022 kind of being the the V2 the version 2.0 of the Tom Brady Buccaneers. But now with Todd Bowles as it your head coach, is. it definitely <laughs> is. So, but,
2: um, people... we have a super chat from a uh, $5 super chat from Charles W Jansen. The Let's second. go
1: and clap it up Charles. for the boy. Thank you, Appreciate Charles. for Charles. throwing it down. Let's um, go into
2: the Wendy's fun. How many coaches in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history have been made to walk the plank fired? <laughs> how many uh, have, uh, advocated quit on their, on their own accord. This is an easy um, one. Yeah. <laughs> um well fired that's that's too many to count probably um that off the top of my head but but i mean on their own accord i mean arians and like is that it that's it that's it arians Arians
1: is the first head coach in tampa bay buccaneers history to leave on his own accord it was also announced today at his exit press conference that uh he's going to be in the ring of honor this year so your 2022 official ring of honor entrant Head coach Bruce Arians, no risk and no biscuit, baby. How how do you guys feel about that? Because I, I saw a couple of people were grumpy that, you know, maybe he cut some other guys in line who have been waiting on the ring of honor for a little bit. But as we know, the game of football, the NFL is kind of a, what have you done for me lately thing and bringing a Super Bowl to Tampa Bay alongside Tom Brady and getting that job done. I feel like that's, that's, that's I, more I, than I would, enough to get him into the ring of honor.
0: I would, I would like to go first on that. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, ahead, man. You know, a big, Thing for me a big proponent for me is body of work i don't care if it's a general manager i don't care if it's a quarterback wide receivers whoever comes through these doors body of work compare and you can and you have a body of work a sample size that you can compare to other players it helps you determine you know was this guy worthy of, of you know what he did and the fact that bruce arians was a catalyst in getting tom brady here speaks volumes about the organization speaks volumes about the general manager being able to get the key players in here that Tom Brady's like, wow, I can work with him. I can work with Mike Evans and work with Chris Godwin, um, you know, and then getting Leonard Fournette and some of the other players that they were able to bring in here. Um, just what Bruce Arians being the catalyst of, of all of that, you, you have to, this is a no brainer to put him in the ring of honor. Um, I think the culture change. And again, I know that sounds cliche, but the culture changed. We saw that with Tony Dungy. And, and I, I know you guys may be a little bit younger. You're definitely younger than me. But I can remember, you know, at the big sombrero, I can remember just, like, going through the motions, going to games. And then when you have Tony Dungy coming in, uh, he, changes the, he changes the culture in the locker room. the The fan base buys into this change. And it totally changes the Buccaneers for, like, four or five years to where they're going to playoffs they're competitive you know you've got this monster defense and all this other stuff uh fast forward to um all the monstrosities that you saw with uh bruce allen and uh john gruden um mark dominic and raheem morris mark dominic and greg Schiano. um you know unfortunately jason light and lovey smith Jason light and dirt cutter. You just saw all the inconsistencies and then they finally write the ship. When you get to Bruce Arians, I mean, you cannot deny what he's done for this organization. I can't say him by itself, but the, what he's brought to this organization. Let me put it that way uh, with, the, with the large coaching staff, the diverse coaching staff uh, with so many coaches that I see in the future You're going to see head coaches, you're going to see assistant coaches in other parts of the league just from this Bruce Arians tree. So I really believe that what he's done, he's earned. He's earned, even in a short period of time, he's earned the right to be in that ring of honor. And I will be at that game whenever, you know, when that game happens, I want to be there to celebrate that because we're very fortunate to have Jason Light working with Bruce Arians and in concert to build the team that they've built in the short period of time that they have. So I'm good with the move.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I kind of wanted to touch on, you know, the people that are a little upset. Like I get it because like, you know, he just retired and like, you know, it's, there's been the guys that have been waiting, right? Like the, the two names that come to mind are Hardy Nickerson and, and James Wilder. Those are, those are the two names that a lot of people bring up that should be in the ring of honor. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. They, they um, will be too. Yeah, I, 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 I think, think, I think eventually, I think Nickerson will be. I'm I think still Nickerson not so within sure the next Wilder.
0: five,
1: I think Nickerson yeah. within the next five years is a, a hundred percent at this point. It has to be. Um,
0: and, so, and, you know, to answer your real quick, just to answer your question with James Wilder, if you saw if you saw real time what James Wilder had around him and what he was able to accomplish, uh, it would make you appreciate what he was able to do in his time. So, uh, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, and, and I agree that Bruce Bruce should be here. But James Wilder is a guy that his name should be really close. James Wilder and, and Simeon Rice are two names that should be really close to being up there in the ring of honor.
2: Yeah. So, and, and I also think they, they wanted somebody Arians was going in anyway, like whether he retired this year, retired next year, retired two years from now, like he's going in. So, you know, he was going at some point. Um,
1: I I wonder what he's going
2: to, I wonder what he's going
1: to get a statue. I'd love to get, you know how they've got the, the OG Super Bowl team, the statue. I think it's inside one buck place. Yeah, it is. They, exactly. they need to, they, yeah, they got to get a BA statue in there soon. Well, and, and, and
2: and and I, I think they wanted a coach to be up in a ring of honor just to replace Gruden's spot. Yeah. It, there's a big blank spot right now. So oh. I think that was, that was partially, um, that was partially a reason, uh, because of it. Um, so, uh, real quick in the chat, just got a, a question Do the Bucks get a draft pick for hiring Todd Bowles? They do not. Uh, it is there's no uh, comp picks here because Todd Bowles was an internal candidate, so you do not get anything for a for hiring an internal candidate uh, of color, so um, you do not get anything there. Um, and then Joel Enriquez. Um, says now that Ba goes into the Ring of Honor, would y'all put Light up there after his time is done here? I mean, I think if if Bruce Arians is there, I think uh, you know, I think Jason Light kind of has to be there, and I I, th- I think he will be eventually. Sure.
1: Hey Joel Elrican, by the way, one of our Smack Apparel right. giveaway winners over there on Twitter. Man, I th- I thought I was gonna have to start sending him some uh you know some pigeon carriers or something because I couldn't get a hold of him. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> I sent him a message on multiple Twitter accounts. I'm like, hey man, let me get your shirt size, your address. We'll we'll send your stuff out. Two, three days go by, but we were able to make contact. So hopefully you get your stuff soon, man. And uh thank you for all your support. Shout out to our friends at Smack Apparel. We had a ton oh, of fun on that cool. giveaway. Be on the lookout. We should have some more stuff
2: coming soon. But
1: let's get back into the legacy that Bruce Arians leaves behind as whoa, whoa, Tampa whoa, whoa, Bay. Whoa,
2: real, real quick, I wanted to get do you think do you think lightsing will be up there?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean
2: to stop okay. on your question there. No. yeah i think he will be you Got the think obviously five dollar super chat from richard let's shouting go shout out some, some, some wendy's money some wendy's money huh so let's some, go some, clap some it up wendy's for the boy money. um let's go make well. more nfl history with brady and our Bucks winning another super bowl with his third head coach in bowls we trust that, that that's a good point brady and, 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 uh, brady would win it with the third head coach
0: yeah <laughs> and and i do want to jump in here on that question i think it's a, a legitimate question um i've been a proponent of um rich mckay being in the ring of honor because you look at all the hall of famers that are are there because he drafted he drafted well but when Mm. you look at what rich mckay did and when he left and went to atlanta um tampa was ruined because of no first round picks for several years and there were a whole bunch of things and they were in salary cap can i if i can say hell yeah
2: go ahead
0: salary cap hell uh, just because of the way, the, the way they did things, and they pretty much sold the farm to, to get that Super Bowl back then. But then you fast forward and you look at what Jason Light did, a similar situation where, you know, when you look at Rich McKay, Rich McKay had uh, Sam Weiss, and then from Sam Weiss to Tony Dungy, and from Tony Dungy to uh, John Gruden, and then they win the Super Bowl. And then you look at um, Jason Light. Jason Light came in after Lovey Smith. Then you've got Dirk Cutter then you bring in Bruce Arians, and then they win a Super Bowl. But the one thing that's really different is right after winning a Super Bowl, Jason Light was able to bring everybody back. And to, to top that showstopper from bringing everybody back, everybody is, is thinking, oh, man, the, the, it's doom and gloom when Tom Brady retires. But when Tom Brady comes back and you look at the moves that Jason Light has made for Bruce Arians or for the, uh, for the Bucks. I mean, you cannot deny that this man, as soon as he, as soon as the ink is dry and he's like, I'm done, he's a guy that should really be in consideration. He should cut the line on everybody else and be in the ring of honor as well for what he's accomplished in this short period of time. When you look at all the, the years past and all the uh, ineptness that we've seen from other general managers, I mean, he is uh, head and shoulders above the rest of them. Yeah, he, he made it. He made a roster that was good enough for the greatest quarterback of all time.
2: Like he, he, he created a roster, and he came know, in when th- the cupboard
0: was th- the cupboard
2: was bare when he came. Correct. In. Yeah. Like I mean, literally from twenty fourteen, who's left? It's Mike Evans, Levante, David, and William Golston. Like that's it. Like there's nobody else left. This is Jason Light's team. Um, he's you know, he's drafted it well, he's used free agency for what it's used for. You're not supposed to build a team for free agency, he's built the, the team through the draft and he built it good enough to where Tom Brady looked at it and said, Oh, yeah, that's a roster that can win. And they went out and they did that. So, yes, um, Jason Light does deserve to to be on there, and eventually he will be. But the good news for Bucks fans is that. Jason Light is not going anywhere anytime soon, as far as we know. So um, you know, it's it sounds like you know he's gonna be in Tampa for a long time. And you know, those good organizations, if you look at them, you know, like like the 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 Saints, you know, Mickey Loomis, he's been the Saints General Manager for years. I mean for years.
0: Kicking the can um, down the road.
2: Yeah, just the good organizations are able to draft well, kick the can down the road a little bit money-wise to have some flexibility, and they're able to retain like a lot of their guys and they stay in the position, you know, good, good organizations, you know, how they say aren't changing head coaches every two, three years. They're also not changing GMs every three or four years. Like they're keeping the same guy. And hopefully, you know, I mean, light already is on that track. He's quietly in, I believe was it eighth season as the GM. So uh, it's been a quiet eight years, but uh, yeah, he, he will be in there eventually.
1: Everybody is obviously a critic. You know, people have always had some negative things to say about Jason Light, his draft pick. I mean, let's look at the 2021 draft class. Every general
2: manager has misses,
1: Right. People are picking that apart. And this is going to be an incredibly crucial season for that. But as far as Jason Light goes, when we look at the body of work, as you alluded to, Evan, seems like he's going to be here for a while with Tom Brady coming back, man, this guy already has a Super Bowl championship under his belt. He has an opportunity to go out there and get another one. If Tom Brady plays two, two more years, that's possibly a third one. Now, listen, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, we don't like to count our chickens or what is it? Count your eggs before they hatch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. it, listen, if Jason Light, even if the Bucks make it to the Super Bowl and they don't win, I feel like that's enough to make this regime Jason light his tenor here. This is the most successful regime in bucks history. I mean, let's face it, you know, just, yeah, I mean, it just,
2: I, I would argue it already is, but
1: yeah, I, no, I think we're witnessing it in real time. And and that's why it's one of those things. Like I said, people, people are going to say what they're going to say. People are going to criticize Jason light. They're going to not like draft picks. They're going to not like the decisions that this front office makes. But the fact of the matter is the past two seasons, the bucks have put winning products on the field and it looks like they're about to make a run at yet another championship in Tom Brady's third season in Tampa Bay. But as we talk about people being critics and people kind of saying whatever they wanted to, I wanted to wrap up on Bruce Arian's legacy in Tampa Bay with this, man. Gene, I'm very curious to hear your take. Uh, I don't even know what to refer to this as. I, You know, yellow journalism is a, is a thing that comes to mind. It's but It's disgusting. People, just people talking. You know, you, you guys know exactly what I mean. I mean, people literally just talking about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We touched on it a little bit last week with J.C. Allen. Gene, I wanted to get your two cents on it. Maybe this is what you were talking about ranting on before this show started. But uh, the national media is really going out of their way to do everything they can to just discredit Bruce Arians, his legacy mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. And uh, drive this narrative that Tom Brady is the sole reason Bruce Arians retired the way that he did.
0: Yeah, it's, it's disgusting to be to be very honest. And, uh, you know, I, I wish there was some level of accountability there. There was a time where, where journalism was good and people were unbiased and, and they they talked about the news. This is what happened. And it would like. Uh, and, and again, this is somebody I know a lot of people may not like him, but I love Greg Alman. Greg Almond is unbiased. Had him on Buck. what you heard. We talked about it. I was like, who's your favorite team? Oh, I don't have one. I was like, wow. So when he talks about news, f- football-related news, or whatever he reports on, he's unbiased. This is basically, he's giving you, it's, it's, a, it's a glimpse into the past that we, we just haven't seen. And kind of where I'm going with this is now the national media expects to be respected. Regardless of what they say or what they put out there, what content they put out there, if it's right, if it's wrong, if it's slanted, it doesn't matter. They expect to be respected. And I think respect is earned. And and this is the problem that I have. There are are organizations out there, there are are sites out there that put out stuff, just, you know, recklessly put out stuff that's not true, and they expect to be respected. No, you cannot. You earn that. You earn that by putting out quality journalism. You earn that by putting out quality stories. If you have facts, yeah, you, you go to your facts. And, you know, there, there, are, there are journalists out there that I may not get along with, but they've gone with their facts. They've gone with, with what they found to be sound, you know, sound reporting. And it's turned out to be they were right. But then you have other ones that, and I think this is where um, we need to get back to as, as a fan base. Um, not giving people that energy our energy or following them or clickbaits or don't click on this if it if it's not true. And they've continuously done this. There's there's an organization out there, they're known buck haters. Known. And you go back and look at their body of work. I've used the term body of work again, and all I've got to do is tell you there's a there's an entity out there, I'm not gonna put their name because they don't deserve it, and they've just reported re- repeatedly put out stories about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that are not true, and they've gotten away with it. Nobody's called them out on it until today at the end of a press conference, but I'm not going to go, you know, I'll let you, I'm not going to steal your thunder, bro, but I'm just saying, fans, you have power. You have so much power that you can say, okay, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm going to block you. I'm going to mute you. If I'm on Twitter, I'm going to mute you. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I'm not going to your site. Less traffic that these guys get, the better off the fan base is. But when you're like, Outraged by what somebody says and you're going to, to their site, that's what they want you to do. You're getting drawn into that. All I'm saying, fans, if you're a Bucks fan and there's somebody out there that's egregiously attacking your fan or attacking your team, whether it's the Rays, the Lightning, or even the Bucks, your, your duty is to just walk away from that, stay away from them, and don't click on what they're doing. And they will eventually go away. They will feel the pain by the number of people that are not going to their site.
1: It's funny. Uh, I I believe this is the same publication that had posted an article about (laughs) Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and the picture that they had used. Uh, I think they assumed that, you know, it was a picture of Todd Bowles when it clearly was not. And more than a few people, especially some former Buccaneers content creators, uh, called them out for it. So, yeah,
0: we won't mention it by name. But, folks, if you've been following along, Uh, go ahead. No, they don't deserve it. No, definitely not. I love the term yellow journalism, and if you don't know what that is, Google the term yellow journalism. We're seeing so much of that nowadays, even outside of sports, but just in general. And we we need to rein this in. Fans, you have the power to do this. We need to rein this in, and and just these people need to be held accountable.
1: Ten dollar super yeah. chat from our buddy Charles Jansen. He said, "Did any uh, did anybody watch the Rich Eisen podcast today with Jason Light?" Rich does the job the right way. Most MSM is trying to create stories that are not there. Doing so, they become the story for clicks. And I did not watch that, but I'm actually a really big fan of the Rich Eisen show. It's honestly a toss up. When I'm at work during the week, I'm either listening to McAfee or Rich Eisen show that day because those are guys that that do it right. You know, McAfee Mm -hmm. knows how to play the game to get clicks, but like Pat McAfee isn't going to lie to you and be deceitful and talk about something that he doesn't know. And that's why that guy is so respected in the industry because he is not artificial. And I mean, it's even that much bigger of a deal because he is the former athlete that he is not a lot of those guys who used to play like, yeah, you can go and get a job as a content creator or an analyst or whatever, but the level that he's gotten to man with his brand, with his show. I mean, that's I'm, I'm getting a little bit sidetracked here, man crushing over Pat McAfee, but like that's, you know that's the man right there. But it, yeah, uh, thank you, Charles, for your super chat, dude. I really appreciate it, and I will definitely make sure to check that out.
0: Um, oh. yeah, it it's, just, just, it, it, it's just, frustrating. It's frustrating to me because you know, Bucks fans. I know they're trying to do the right thing, and Bucks fans are like, "Oh, did you see what this guy said?" No, I'm not going to click on that. I'm not helping them. I I refuse to help them. And I I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that. I went so far as to add them in NBC who I don't know why NBC doesn't upgrade on who they, who they use, but NBC needs to really do better. Uh, you know, just even being affiliated with these guys and, and something needs to change. So let's talk about
1: the dawn of a new era in Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. We talked about the legacy that Bruce Arians left behind. And of course, everything that he meant to this franchise and in a way, you know, the Bruce Arians era is going to live on through Todd Bowles, which I'm excited about. But let's talk about the Todd Bowles era. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their new head coach, former defensive coordinator, the man with the plan, 31 to 9 in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody will remember that as he immortalized in Bucks history. He now becomes the team's next head coach and uh, Tom Brady's third head coach overall. Very interested to see how things shake out. I know we touched on it a lot at the beginning of the show, but I wanted to kind of pick up where we left off. I'm curious to see what happens with this football team. So we know that uh, we know that Todd Bowles is our new head coach. As far as the defensive coordinator position goes, we have co-defensive coordinators. So it looks like inside linebackers coach Larry Foote and uh, defensive coordinator Casey Rogers are co-defensive coordinators now. And I actually want to get your take on that really quickly, Evan. There's not another team in
2: the league that has this right now that we know of, right? This is is pretty interesting. No, but I also think it's being kind of overblown. Um, Todd Bowles is still calling the plays. Like, that's not going to change. So it's more so a, a title more than anything. Maybe those guys' responsibilities increase a tad, but, like, I just think the Bucks didn't want to throw, you know, Larry. there was rumors that if Todd Bowles were to leave for a head coaching job in the off season, that Larry foot would have been the Bucks' preference to be defensive coordinator. Um, as we get another six hour super chat from Charles, uh, who remembers when Stuart Scott, and Rich Eisen first came up with ESPN. This is the day when ESPN was respectable. Bowles will do great. Um, yeah, Man. obviously we we'll, rest you in
1: know. peace, Stuart Scott. Thank you again yeah. for your yeah. donation to the Wendy's fund. Charles, let's clap it up for the boy. That's right. Backing up the Brinks truck today. We truly appreciate your support, man. And, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you, I didn't see a lot of the Rich Eisen ones, but all those Stuart Scott, the This Is Sports Center commercials, all the uh, back in the office are so many of those that are just instant classics. Make sure you guys go check them out. There are plenty uh, right here on YouTube. Sorry, Evan, I didn't mean to cut you off, but shout out to Charles. Thank you, buddy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Bucks really like both. Um, so Larry Foote is, is really somebody who, who the Bucs have liked for a while. Like I said, they wanted to make him the defensive coordinator if Bowles were, were to leave. And as far as Casey Rogers, Casey Rogers was Todd Bowles' defensive coordinator in New York uh, when Bowles was the head coach. So Rogers has done it before. Um, Larry Foote has not. So I think this is a way of sort of getting Larry Foote's feet wet a little bit. Um you know, and we'll have to see. It's all about creating opportunities. Right. And that's what that's what Bruce Arians really tried to instill um, in this coaching staff, just like, you know, Gene said with a diverse staff, such a large staff like that's what happens. You know, you're, you're trying to create as many opportunities. He was legit angry that after the Super Bowl, Byron Leftwood didn't get a single interview, like not even an interview like he was mad about that um is he felt that he deserved it and he did and you know i think byron leftwood deserved the jacksonville job this past season and he didn't get it and it sucks obviously it sucks for him Um, but it's a good thing for the bucks and you know what he'll be a head coach sooner rather than later i i probably next season (laughs) he'll probably be a head coach but um you know it's just this co-defensive coordinator thing it's interesting, but it's just, it's just the title. Like it's just, a, and I, I is actually, I just wanted to clear up that Bowles were to be calling plays because there was a few people that had asked me, they were kind of worried that that Bowles wouldn't call plays um, because, you know, they, they just watched Bruce Arians be the head coach and Bruce Arians didn't call plays on offense. And he was considered this offensive guru, but um, Todd Bowles confirmed today, which was
0: basically assumed, but he confirmed today that he will continue to, to call the plays. Yeah, uh, I do want to kind of piggyback off what you guys were talking about here. Um, I'm like again, I use the word optimistic because I I look at what Todd Bowles did the first his first year with the Jets. Uh, I honestly believe that the GM there is inept, the idiot. Uh, I I think I'm just glad. I mean, if Bucks fans should be fortunate, we don't have somebody like that. We we did have somebody like that for uh, two different regimes, but in this case, we have somebody that is. I feel like learned on the job and they are qualified to be a general manager. So we're fortunate in, in that aspect. Uh, as far as the uh, defensive coordinator position, I love Larry foot. Uh, there are some players in the NFL. You look at them and you think in the back of your head, man, he would make a good head coach. He would make a good, uh, the coordinator or e- even a coach. I mean, example, you look at uh, Richard Sherman, you look at what Richard Sherman did in his tenure with the Bucks, whether even though he was injured, just providing those little gems of knowledge to, to help the secondary it's huge. It Valuable. It, goes along, it goes so long. It goes a long way. And, uh, you know, they could go to another team and they could take that with them and, and really help them progress in, in their career in the NFL. So, uh, you know, when I look at somebody like a Larry foot, and if you've watched, if you got a chance to watch him play, you know, you appreciated his play, but, you look at a guy who was cerebral and in, you know, how he was breaking down an offense or, you know, what his position was and, you know, doing what he needed to do. So I think that, you know, in the long run, just based on my experience watching him as a player and the fact that he's on this staff, it tells me that he's has a really good opportunity to advance and progress to be a, a, co- a coach or a coordinator in, in a greater capacity. And I just, I think this is a great start for him. And I think it, it doesn't matter who is the main guy or who's below. I think they're going to work together and, and it will work to our advantage. Again, right now, as a Bucs fan, I'm more of a Bucs fan and I'm optimistic because of what they've uh, what Bruce Arians has left behind for this organization, for the fan base to, to really get behind. So I'm 100% behind the moves that have been made. And I can't wait to see how it all shakes out.
2: It's that kind of that behind closed doors thing like you talked yeah. about, um, especially with, with Richard Sherman, a lot of people, you know, don't really understand the, the value of having a player who not only is a veteran player, but Sherman's always been good. I mean, he played football at Stanford, yeah. like Sher- Sherman's always been considered like a smart football player. And, and and the value of having that is very important. And the value, I think the value of having former football players is important on your coaching staff.
0: Um And uh, obviously they have a ton of them. It kind of depends on who it is. Yeah, correct. You know, because you look, you look at some guys and you're like, like case in point in a different sport, you look at Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan to me is a horrible general manager. (laughs) I wouldn't want want that guy general managing. (laughs) Right. Just because you're a player doesn't automatically mean
1: in the NHL. We're about to see how good of a head coach uh, Martin
0: St. Louis can be. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, who is, who is the other, uh, the great one. Um, the great one. Help the me Rock.
2: Wayne, are you talking about Wayne Gretzky?
0: Great, Gretzky. Oh, when, Gretzky okay. when Gretzky was a coach in, uh, in Phoenix, he coached the Coyotes. They were horrible. <laughs> they were not good. Oh, yeah. Patrick
2: Pat Patrick Wah, one of the greatest <laughs> goaltenders of all time. You know, um, he he also was terrible. So yeah, yeah we, just because you played the game at a high level doesn't. And everybody says, oh, Brady would be a great head coach. We, you don't know. It, it all depends on the player. You know, like it all depends on the player. Uh, but it seems like the books have the right mix here, right? Byron Lefwich, a, a former player. Larry Foot, a former player. Even Todd Bowles. You know, I mean, he didn't do much in the NFL. But um, we have two super chats. Yeah, all two. Right. The, the first one. Is from Steven, uh, five dollar super chat for 4 dollars What's up, check? brother? Uh, yeah, appreciate it. One of Gene's guys uh, says, tune uh, it in. Uh, says, What's up,
1: guys? Great seeing Gene on the show. Y'all do an awesome job. Here is a good question, and I know we touched on it a little bit, but this one's a little more yeah. specific. With Bruce Arians <laughs> going in the ring of honor, <laughs> should Tom Brady go in regardless of a second Super Bowl? So yes. Let's yes. say Tom Brady comes back, <laughs> he's got to handle some unfinished business and and maybe that business stays unhandled until the end of his career Uh, right like let's say unfortunately he gives it two more tries the buccaneers don't get to the promised land maybe they win the division whatever whatever and all of that fizzles out is he still going to the bucks ring of honor for what he was able to do in his first season here in the red and pewter and and that's that's you didn't even let me finish the question but that's obviously my reaction as well it has to be a hard yes because uh this is our phrase of the day here on the cannon fire podcast but you look at the body of work. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you and look that actually at, should have been the title of this. Right. Episode. right. Yeah. You, you look at the body of work. You look at his level of
0: production. Hey, right, in 2022, I want to make this real simple for you. Yeah. You look at the Buccaneers fan base when he retired. That's all you need to know. That is all you need to know about this man to know that he belongs in a ring of honor. Well,
1: That's let's all. take a look at what, what right. he's done. Let's take a look at what he's done on the field as well. Sorry, Gene. I didn't mean to step on you there. Oh, you're, um, good, you're good, but but something else that I wanted to point out, and we talked about this uh, plenty on the show here over the last month or so. But this guy is 25 touchdowns away from throwing the most touchdowns in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. Jameis Winston is at 121. Tom Brady is at 96. He did that That's in two insane. seasons. He did that in two seasons, folks. Um, So the fact that he's a, you know he's he's going to be in the Bucks record books for a very long time, and he's about to make it happen in what looks like three seasons or more. I mean, that's just that's just insane. So yeah, that's a hard yes on that one. Thank you, Steven, once again for your super chat and the question. Let's double down and fire the cannons for our buddy Charles once again with the $5.50 towards the Wendy's fund. He says, what about Sean Murphy bunting? He was coaching up Mike Edwards, went out last year, and then Mike got two picks against New England. He could be a coach one day. I, I haven't looked at SMB in that capacity, only because he is as young as he is, but This is a guy who missed half of the season with an injury this year, but a little bit more than that. So he probably did have enough time to walk around and give out some handshakes and some solid advice on the sideline. But I think the difference between SMB and a guy like Richard Sherman, I think SMB doesn't get enough credit for the way he played in that playoff run in 2020. But like, you know, Sherman, SMB, they both have their Super Bowl, but like, they're different players. sure they're different <laughs> players and i mean the, the legacy that they're going to leave behind if smb retires tomorrow nobody's going to remember him unfortunately
2: yeah we we, well, we don't know Sean richard Robey richard, richard legacy, sherman you know.
1: there was a point where richard sherman was the best corner in the game you know yeah. that's the result you're going to get if you try him with a sorry receiver like crabtree that that's the result you're going to get like that, <laughs> that that all ties into the legacy that is richard sherman and um mm-hmm. you know i don't think there's going to be another richard sherman as, as far as smb goes I, I don't get that impression, but it's just because of how young he is. But like I don't know. Do either of you guys
0: see any of that for him in the future? I don't I don't know. For me, when I when I think of Richard Sherman, I think of somebody like a keep to lead. I can I can realistically put him in the same sentence. I know people may disagree with me, but those are guys that y- you put your best your y- you put your best wide receiver on these guys, and you know, it's they're they're in for a long day. Uh, you know, Sean Murphy bunting still a little bit of inconsistency and, you know, with injuries, we, we, we haven't seen a, that full product. We've seen a sample size. And yeah, I, I know that, you know, how he played in the Super Bowl, but, you know, getting some consistency, uh, what you saw with Richard Sherman in Seattle or San Francisco, you saw uh, some, some semblance of consistency. So you, you could back up what you're saying, a uh, keep to leave going to new England and then going to i think he went to denver and just you know wherever he was at he was consistent so um with sean murphy bunting i I think it's too early to tell but uh i like the trajectory he's on right now and i'll I'll put it that way
2: yeah so real quick before we begin to wrap up i want to get this point out before i forget um so we talked about the media right we talked about you know how the media sort of frames these things and one thing comes out and everybody runs with it right we've already discussed we discussed on the last week's show with with jc allen uh from pewter report about um you know the you know apparently future miami dolphins quarterback tom brady um yeah. and obviously here's here's the bone you, you now. mean the I, Niners excuse me the 49ers yeah, well well he's actually Gene you know you know he's actually playing half the season with the 49ers and half of it with the Dolphins I, so, I think
1: actually this is just what I heard this is from my sources and obviously my sources are not the same as everybody else uh but I heard he actually wants to be the first active player and owner in NFL history he's, I,
2: he actually aims to be like Jackie Moon um the the player coach general manager all of it now he's gonna introduce himself at the games um he's gonna be doing the halftime shows it'll be a blast he's gonna Um, be fighting a bear yes so so he's gonna be he's gonna be fighting captain fear on the pirate ship um (laughs) (laughs) we we
1: lost the bear
2: (laughs) of <laughs> course oh my god and then yeah he, he's gonna have he's gonna actually as for a pirate theme he's actually going to be shot out of a cannon um and and try to clear a bunch of cars at midfield um so yeah at your entertainment host so yeah i had heard that he was playing there's 17 games so i had heard eight with the niners eight with the dolphins and he's gonna throw the bucks you know one game
0: just for old time's sake um it to the playoffs he'll just pick up with him in the playoffs okay. yeah yeah
2: yeah. Dis- um, yeah so um no my the bone i have to pick is people go well you know tom brady wants to go to miami he's going to miami because of the rift with bruce arians okay so i don't believe there's much of a rift yet again just like gene said though closed doors we don't know right i don't believe there is you notice how the local media who is the most tied in hasn't really said anything about that right it's all been the national media um And, you know, oh, there's a rift between Brady and Arians. So when this news comes out and Bruce Arians, you know, steps down, Todd Bowles, the head coach, everybody goes, this means Brady's going to Miami. So why would, if if the reason Brady is going to Miami is because of the rift with Bruce Arians, how does Bruce Arians stepping down and not being the head coach anymore automatically mean that Tom Brady is going to the Dolphins? Like it's just, they're searching for something that's not there.
0: Because he's still within one book that's why
2: yeah it's it's you know and well and also i I had talked to somebody earlier he
0: he didn't like the way that antonio brown was was handled and so yeah uh, he's upset about that too.
1: are are, are you talking about that one guy who is refusing to get surgery on his ankle until a team signs
0: him yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's you know and his ankle you know he had to play on that bad ankle that he was dancing on but that guy
2: yeah um yes so um yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's silly. And um, yeah, it's so, yeah. And you know what, actually guys, um, Tom Brady hates Bruce Arians so much that Bruce Arians stepped down, but he's still going to be about 90 feet away, just in a different office in, in the, in the room. <laughs> like, you know, he, he hates so much that they were like, you know what? I, I can't have his office next to mine. I need to go like he needs, he needs to get over to the other side. Okay. I'm not going to be in the same break room as him. Okay. We're not going to be by the water cooler. Right. Nope. Uh, we're not going to be by any of that. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it is so, so silly. And I just think at this point, and normally I'm not the type of guy like, Oh, the, the leagues against this, the leagues against that. I just think not necessarily the league. I think the national media just wants Brady in a bigger market, like so bad, or what they perceive to be a bigger market. Because Tampa's gotten bigger now. You know, the Bucks were Super Bowl champion. The Rays are consistently one of the best teams in baseball, even though you know they had their own issues with you know the stadium and everything. And they haven't won yet, but the Lightning are hey, 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 to- <laughs> the Lightning are back to back Stanley Cup champions. You know, um, Tampa is a hot town. Yeah, like. Yeah, like, like like it's it's becoming a big time sports town. Well, right? even, like,
1: as, even as a media market, um, it's becoming bigger. It, right. I, I went to Tampa has been a top 20 media market in the U.S. for probably the last five to seven years. I think nobody um, realizes. right out of high school in twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. I went to Connecticut, uh, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We learned all about the market numbers and all of that stuff, where Tampa ranks as far as everybody else. And at that time, I believe it was sitting at 19. Last I checked, it's like close to cracking the top 10. And that's a really big deal when you talk about not only the progress of the last five years, but when number one and number two market in the entire country is New York and Los Angeles, like that, that's a really big deal. And then on top of that, Hmm. you look at everything happening economically for Tampa Bay, the, the, uh, I'm sorry, the the price of housing is going up, the amount of people that are moving here, the amount of money that is being invested into Tampa Bay. I mean, it is just ridiculous the boom that this city is right in the middle of. And the fact that Tom Brady came here when he did, I think, accelerated everything a little bit more.
2: Well, no, and here's my thing, though. I just think the media, the NFL media, national media wants him in – yeah, in, in what they perceive to be a bigger market. They well, want I mean, him to be in Miami. They want him to be in San Francisco. Like, they don't want him to be in Tampa Bay anymore because they don't believe, you know, oh, the Bucks. Like, you know, they you know, don't believe that it's a big enough market.
1: Let's face it, for, you know, 40 out of the 45 years of this team's existence, the, the Tampa Bay football market has been a joke. Like, yeah. let's, let's face it. You know, there was a time where, Before Bruce Arians came to Tampa, you know, in between John Gruden, his last season here, and whenever the Bucs were able to make it happen with BA and signing, everybody was begging for a culture change. Everybody was begging for a reason to get invested in this football team again. And that's what you have seen happen over the last three years. I mean, let me just ask an honest question, and we'll start to wrap things up after this. But if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the playoffs with Jameis Winston, Let's say the year that they go eight and five, they finish that year 10 and six, right? Hypothetically, it's a great yeah. season. They make the postseason. They're playing in the wild card weekend. The Buccaneers have one of their drive through swag events that they typically have come playoff year. They've had them the past couple of years. It's a drive through event. You can go in there, see a bunch of cheerleaders, get your swag, and then keep it rolling. They run out of stuff to give out at those events these past few years. If the Bucs make the playoffs with Jameis Winston, I mean, how many people are showing up? Uh,
2: no, I think a lot. You, you do not really—that—that that, that would have been the first time they made the playoffs in 2007. It would have been like, a huge would, deal. I don't think it I would just, have mattered.
1: It would have been an absolutely huge uh, deal, but I don't know if it would have been that big of a deal to anybody outside the city of Tampa. Like people are driving which is from who you're Lakeland to to anyway. People are oh, driving oh. from Lakeland. People are driving from Sarasota to go get free crap from the Bucks that you know they just have in the promo and closet I, most of the year. I know you're
0: looking at—I know you're looking at two to, two totally different eras. Keep in mind, Sean King was a, the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they were going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. or going to playoff games. People were attending events. No, oh, you're right. And so, uh, I, and every
2: I, single, even regular season games, every single one was sold out.
0: And and winning, winning covers a multitude of sins. Uh, I yeah. will say. That. Yeah. So if you have Jameis Winston, yeah, let's let's hypothetical, like you're saying, is winning. He's winning games. You're putting butts in the seats. You're mm-hmm. you're you're viable now. You're
2: you maybe even put even more butts in the seats because of the FSU connection.
0: Yeah, and yeah, there you go. Those maniacs over there. And you know, everybody just kind of comes together. Hopefully I don't offend anybody. <laughs> I, I was just joking. No, get all of them, Gene. <laughs> Make sure we're we're taking no prisoners tonight. <laughs> you know, because and, and if, you know, truth be told, full disclosure, I hate Florida State. Uh, you know, because of uh, Derwin James and um, Dalvin Cook. Uh, they've totally turned me i made the total heel turn on Florida state and I, I am a heel when it comes to Florida state I but anyway I want shout to out the- really quickly shout out to Charles throwing it down
1: once again five dollars and five cents on the super chat clap it up for the boy thank you for there your we're support
0: we're gonna be rolling burgers tonight. I know man the Wendy's fun <laughs> popping off
1: Charles says the media thinks the Bucks in Tampa do not deserve to be up. They think we should go back to being the laughing stock again. They are simply jealous at this point. Great point, Charles. No, Mike Florio.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I mentioned his name. Sorry. <laughs> that slipped out. Well, we'll, we'll, censor it on the, on the post. <laughs> put, put a beep in there for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. But anyway, you know, just, now nah, I've totally lost my train of thought, but I, uh, but I do want to end with, I do want to end with this. I, I, and, fans we need to come together we need to be a collective unit you know we're we all want the same thing we want to see the bucks go to the super bowl like they did in 2020 and you know people that are trashing your team or bashing your team or putting out all these stories out there you know ignore them don't don't go to their sites don't give them traffic we need to really focus on the people like the the podcasters like yourself you know uh and and so many other ones out there that are invested in the team. These are the people we need to be invested in, to be honest. We need to see more of the Charles Jansons, the Steve Glaskers and, and people like that that are you know invested in a team and they wanna do something like that, You know because you guys do a great job and you guys have great content. So um, folks, if you get a chance, like, and subscribe, especially Cannon Fire, I'm sure everybody that already is, is already doing it, but you're new, you just kinda happened upon this show, uh, great content and you know they continue to do it and they've consistently done it so let's let's support these guys let's support the podcasters that are out there and let's you know kind of try to unite the the fan base
1: oh yeah i, I second you. that 100 firstly thank you gene so much um but yeah folks i, I mean just listen local you know it, it's one of those things that even when the bucks were the bad team we were still blessed with an abundance of fan created content. And obviously some guys have come and gone over the years, but you know, make sure you guys check out Gene Buck. What's your heard, Gene is an OG of the content oh, creation yeah. community. I mean, Gene, frankly, I don't think you get enough respect for the podcast that you do. You and Bucks Barrett holding it down over there, bro. But like, yeah. seriously, make sure you guys check them out here on YouTube. Plenty of great red and pewter opinions. And and to me, I hold so much more value in an opinion you know, whether it's breaking news or it's simply an opinion, I hold so much more value to what's being said when I know for a fact that the person talking about it, they don't necessarily have to have an emotional connection because I know we talked about Greg Allman and like he's not, you know, he's not waving the red flag for this team every Sunday, but I do like to hear the opinions of people who are waving the red flags, who are going to games who are experiencing firsthand everything that is happening in one of the craziest off-seasons in Buccaneers history, everybody okay. who's experiencing it real-time like we are locally in this area. Well, I mean, Gene, I know you're not technically local to this area, but you're still producing local content. I mean, that's what it's all about, folks. And I think that's where you can get some of the best and the uh, the most well-informed opinions that what content from. can offer. It is
0: where I'm from, so yeah, it kind of counts that way oh ryan griffin by the way
2: yeah
1: he's hey our,
0: our yeah. buddy griffin
1: greatness he has been chomping
2: he's been the in big. the live stream so yeah
1: yeah he's a trooper <laughs> man griffin greatness is one of those guys where he's been watching our podcast for a very long time too so shout out to another og there in the live chat but yeah. we do have some uh some some free agency news that i guess we should we should close <laughs> things out on uh yeah. one of the biggest moves of the offseason the buccaneers have re-signed their longest tenored Eight seasons in team history. Ryan Griffin, Mister August, is coming back for his eighth season in the Red and Pewter. Uh, you know it's Ryan Griffin. Woo.
2: Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know what Ryan Griffin is at this point. So, um, yeah, he's a camp arm. He'll probably end up on the practice squad. I would guess. Um, you know, we'll see. Obviously, Blaine Gabbert's still out there. Um,
0: Does Blaine Gabbert come back?
2: I think so. I, I still, I still think so.
0: So I so think it might in? be
2: it might be after the draft, but I think he
1: comes back. Okay, so so let's say Bucks carry four QBs into the year. Ryan Griffin, it would be, your...
2: it'd be Ryan Griffin on the practice squad. Yeah, so. I was
1: gonna say so. Ryan Griffin is your practice squad guy yet mm-hmm. again, and then of course Kyle Trask and Blaine Griffin or uh, oh, one, boy. Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's time
2: to end the show, folks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's about that time, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. Very very big thank you to our guy Gene from Buck. What you heard? Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It is always good to talk and shop with you. Anything real, about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Real, real quick. Yeah, I, go I, ahead, bro. Say what you got to say. Final thoughts here as we wrap things up.
0: I, I'm, I'm working on a contest right now. If you're following me on Twitter, please hit me up. Uh, I want to know who you guys believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to face in Germany. Um, first right answer. If you DM me with the right answer, there is a Smack Apparel t-shirt. I will get that mailed out to you uh, with the correct answer. First person and um you know once we once we get the schedule out there there is time to do this um uh, you know just dm me the answer and you know i it's fair uh emily compo tell you you will get a shirt i promise so uh you know we we will make that happen uh we got to we got to support locally if you get a chance smackapparel.com be sure to check them out they they ride with our tampa bay buccaneers the lightning and the rays so definitely if you want that smack talking shirt and you want to be able to wear it, you know, when you go out of town or whatever. They're they're definitely the spot to hit up.
1: I was about to ask. You know, you said correct answer. Do you know Do you know something we
0: don't about the? No, I'm just kind of waiting, man. No,
2: yeah, he's just he's gonna have people guess and then yeah, and then once the schedule comes I, I, so. I want
0: people to guess and see who they get. I mean, for me, I think I know it's Kansas City personally. Just I know this, but in my in my mind, I know this, and the voices in my mind have agreed with me. So we all <laughs> believe that it's going to be Kansas City.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I mean. We talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. I'm still under the impression I think it could be Kansas City. Uh, here's the thing about KC though is that they're obviously the other NFL franchise that is signed on to play a game in Germany, but it could not be this season. It could be 2023, could be 2025. Well, well that, that's yeah,
2: that's a registered home game though. Right, that's what uh, that means.
1: Oh, okay, never mind. So forget what I was even saying. It really, it really is time to end the podcast. Good luck, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It has been a ton of fun bringing it to you. Check out the show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram. At Bucks underscore Daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Well,
2: I, I might be tweeting about WrestleMania if I'm displaced. Uh, hey, so, hey, so, hey in, yeah, in, in, enjoy WrestleMania, but I might you might see some tweets. About this. I I don't
1: know if we're gonna be talking to you guys between now and WrestleMania, but yeah, baby, it is WrestleMania week. And listen, I, I know that football and wrestling crossover doesn't happen very often. But I feel like when it's WrestleMania, like the it's the granddaddy of them all, baby. I feel like this is worthy of a mention.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Um two nights, I, Saturday night. Uh I'm a North Carolina basketball fan, so it's gonna be tough for me. Um with the you know, with the with the big game. Uh but um yeah, I'm excited. I hope You know, people might not know what we're talking about. Gene, yeah, representing the the Austin 316. Obviously, Stone Cold's going to be there. What? Um, What? 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 Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, I'm – Open to see, you know, like rumors about Cody Rhodes or, um, you know, I'm I'm excited to, to see a lot of the matches. We talked about McAfee earlier. He's going to be in a match. So, um, it, it'll be a lot of fun. And like you said, we don't really get to talk a lot of wrestling on, on this show, but we're all all pretty big wrestling fans. I know Gene's been a wrestling fan for a long time. So always nice to talk a little bit. Oh yeah, guys. It has been a lot of fun.
1: Um, let me think. Sometimes these closing segments Uh, are hard.
2: I I screwed that up. I interrupted you after you plugged my Twitter.
1: Oh, okay. So we we left off on your Twitter. You guys can follow us on social media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Check out Evan's written work, by the way, over at BucksNation.com. Should be coming out with stuff eh, once a week, usually. Yeah, once
2: or twice a week. I yeah. have, uh, I just I just put out a draft profile, uh, BucksNation.com. We do um, our, our draft profile series. And uh, the person that I profiled was Chad Muma, uh linebacker from Wyoming. So it could be an option for the Bucks on day two. So go check that out right now on BucksNation.com. Our buddy
1: Eric Simmons in the chat ah. is, is, I mean, they're playing us off, man. We really got to get out of here. Last but not <laughs> least, you can find myself. Instagram and Twitter at Reticus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. That's the show, folks. For real this time, I promise. Thanks once again to our buddy Gene. Go check him out at Buck What You Heard right here on YouTube.com. And uh, follow us on social media. I am your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined along, or er, good Lord, words are hard. <laughs> I am so tired. I am your host, Rhett Matthew. Signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our very special guest, Gene, from Buck What You Heard. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, go box. Thank
0: you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.